0: Alright, what's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm your host for today, Simon Villanos, a.k.a. Coach V, uh, and we got a week 10 recap plus some player spotlights here on this week's episode only four games in the NAIA ranks as we are approaching the postseason here we'll have a little postseason talk Uh, I know the KCAC just ended the regular season this last week and so their postseason will actually be over the weekend and so I'll I'll talk about some of those matchups Ahead of that tournament, but let's go ahead and talk about these four games here real quick here I mean some of them have some implications Pretty big implications, I would say. And then some of them, I mean, you know, they're kind of at the end of the season. They're not affecting too much outside of, you know, players getting more playing time. And, you know, just seeing what some teams got and how deep they are. And what kind of situations they could battle back from. Uh, Still a great week of flag football, to be honest with you. A very good week of women's flag football here in this 2022 season. So let's go ahead and jump into this. And let's talk our final KCAC regular season women's flag football game of this 2022 season, and that is Cody versus... Midland here. Cotty traveling up to Fremont, Nebraska to go ahead and, uh, you know, finish up their season. Midland hosting uh, uh, one of their few games this season. I was looking through their schedule and they didn't really get to host many games this season. And so, you know, this was a good one to have at home to kind of end before they traveled to Ottawa here, I assume, over the weekend for this postseason tournament, as that's already locked in. But, uh, not too crazy here I mean uh spoiler alert Midland beat Cody 32 to 6 last week I believe they played and Midland won something like 50 to 0 60 to 0 and so Cotty did a little bit better but it just quite wasn't enough here and so let me kind of break down what happened here real quick uh Midland would actually go up big here in the first quarter scoring three touchdowns Haley Stanton actually got the start in this game which I thought was very interesting Thing. I like that she got some playing time here uh, she had one other start this season versus Ottawa and she only played two drives two or three drives in that game and that was like two months ago and so this would be her second start here and she got she she did a pretty good job here as you know um, she was responsible for three of these first quarter touchdowns the first one was Haley Stanton uh, throwing it to senior Casey Thompson by the way it was senior night senior night senior day for Michigan. Midland Casey Thompson is uh, Midland's only senior this year, but definitely a big uh, contributor to that team on offense, defense, whatever, as uh, she does put up a lot of production for the squad. But Stanton does find Thompson here on senior night for uh, the first touchdown of this game. And then after that, Haley Stanton would lead a couple other drives here where she rushed for uh, two of those other three touchdowns in this first quarter now there was kind of a interesting interception between her first and second touchdown she did though pick to danielle goodridge uh, just made an excellent play on the ball probably wasn't the greatest decision here but that's okay that's uh, why you have these games to work through some of those things here Um, but a great interception by goodridge didn't matter though, as Morgan Callisick for Midland would go ahead and uh, intercept his ball and get the ball back for them. And that will lead to her second touchdown of the day now the third or sorry second touchdown of the quarter now the third touchdown of the quarter was set up by a Cheyenne Duran interception uh for Midland here that interception thrown by Emily Kane and so that's how Midland would get their third touchdown here in this first quarter so boom 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 real quick three touchdowns to go ahead and go up by three scores here early on here. In the second quarter, Cheyenne Durand would uh snag her second interception. Midland wouldn't be able to capitalize on this one though, as they would go three and out. After that, the teams traded interceptions. Uh Alyssa Hollis, she came in for Cotty. Coddy kind of rotating quarterbacks here, and she would get picked off by Allison Malfair. Then Angel Yuani, she would come in for Haley Stanton here, uh, (laughs) and uh, she would get picked off, ironically, by Cody's quarterback and DB, Emily Kane, and so they traded a couple interceptions, probably not the cleanest game here, Um, you gotta understand, also up in Nebraska, it's pretty windy, and whatnot, and so passing the ball is generally not the greatest uh, idea up there. Eventually, though, Alyssa Hollis would run in a touchdown for Cotty. Uh, She also had a... Career high, well, career high and score record high, 123 rushing yards this game. I think that's important to point out here. Uh plus this rushing touchdown. So that's definitely a bright spot for Cody here. Uh, but after that, Angel Ywani would respond with a nice 47 yard touchdown throw to the speedster Shade Irvin, aka Turbo, who made it a 26 6 game. And at this point, this game is pretty much over here. Later in the second half, Haley State. Stanton would run for her third touchdown of the game, resulting in a 32-6 dub over Cotty here. Now, just a couple of stats to go over here. Midland, uh, Haley Stanton at quarterback, 2 of 6 for 21 passing yards, 1 touchdown, 1 interception. Uh, obviously, didn't pass the ball a lot, only 6 attempts here. But, did throw a touchdown, so that's always a good thing there. Interception, like I said, probably wasn't the greatest decision. Plus, the wind was a little tough there. Uh, I mean, just in general, probably shouldn't have done that, but that's okay. Work him through that. Did have 13 rushes for 52 rushing yards. Three rushing touchdowns, so a nice four-touchdown game for Haley Stanton here. Definitely in Playmaker of the Week uh, consideration. Angel Yuani, 4 of 10, 73 passing yards, one touchdown, one interception, uh, as they, you know, got her some snaps in there as well. Shadi Irvin had four receptions, 73 receiving yards, and a touchdown, including that big 40-plus yard uh, gain there. And then this defense had five interceptions, Allison Malfair, Shine Duran, Casey Thompson, and Morgan Kalasek all each had an interception. And then the lone senior on the squad, Casey Thompson, led the team with 14 tackles to go with that interception. Now for Cotty, like I said, just honestly not too much going on here. Did play three different quarterbacks. Offensively, you know, still kind of struggling here. Defensively, they did better. You know, they, they had some opportunities, but you know, this is a team that is a little shorthanded while these players are playing both ways. You know, that uh I mean that fatigue sets in kind of quicker than for most teams. But that's all right though. Alyssa Hollis though, 18 attempts, 123 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. Uh, those hundred twenty-three rushing yards are a school record now here's the funny thing April 23rd 12 p.m quarterfinals we have Midland versus Cotty once again. They match. That's just how it matched up here going into this tournament. And so Midland here, I mean, they've had the last couple of dubs. They haven't lost to Cotty this season or really ever, you know, in program history. Um, they won 60-0 to on April 9th just a couple days ago. They won 32-6 to here. So, you know, they... They, they should probably beat Kotti here in these quarterfinals, but you never know, you know, anything could happen here. Kotti will obviously be playing uh, with a lot of motivation, you know. Obviously, that score has gotten better as uh, the weeks have went on, and so don't get it twisted. They're very familiar with each other, and I think that'll benefit both teams. And so we'll see how this quarterfinals go, but definitely, you know... Definitely probably favoring uh, Midland here if I had to bet on it. We'll see how that goes down. But that'll be April 23rd. Like I said, 12 p.m. Uh, are those quarterfinals. I believe that's Central time. So uh, depending on where you're listening... Um, to this or where you're from and you're listening to this you could figure it out from there because i know we have uh listeners on the west coast in colorado and obviously on the east coast and then central time kansas nebraska as well so yeah 12 p.m central time that's when Cotty versus midland will face off uh i believe stream links will be available just check out that kcac network now, we'll talk more about this KCAC tournament when we talk about power rankings because not too much really changed here. But let's go ahead and hop into some Sun Conference action here late in the season. Let's go ahead and talk St. Thomas versus Florida Memorial here. Uh, Florida Memorial, you know, they haven't won a game since uh, playing Midland. But, you know, going into this game here, they definitely played a couple of the top teams in the Sun Conference, pretty close. You know, going back to March 31st, only losing 0-19 to Kaiser. That's a much closer game. That was a two-score game going into the fourth quarter there. And so that was a very close one there. Against Warner, they only lost to them 7-20. to Another close game. And then last week on Thursday against Thomas University, they lost to them 6-7. to Had a chance to win it at the end, but just could not get it going offensively. And so this Florida Memorial defense has been cooking, you know, they've been cooking a little bit, they have they have great athletes over there that uh, can match up very well with uh, pretty much any team in the country, really what it just comes down to is, you know, that offensive production, and it's not just the quarterback or whatever, even though they've had pretty much a ton of struggles at quarterback, you know, it's Pretty much the entire offense, I would say. Uh, just, just trouble finding consistency here throughout the season, and so that's kind of the story going into this. On the other hand, though, you have Saint Thomas University, kind of on a little bit of a heat streak since losing to Thomas University zero to thirteen on March twenty-fourth. Since then, they've beat Warner thirteen to twelve, beat Weber International. 25 to 6 as well and so going into this game you know they're looking to uh hey win the battle for Miami Gardens here and so here's kind of how this one went down here uh so to start the game St. Thomas goes ahead and forces a pretty easy three and out on this alliance offense here um and honestly there wouldn't be too much action in this first quarter in general the St. Thomas uh offense kind of struggled to get going here in a little bit Wasn't really until the second quarter where Rayona Baker had a very nice 40 yard reception to go ahead and put them in the red zone. She would end that drive eventually with a touchdown here. Um, And so that would go ahead and give Thomas, or sorry, that would go ahead and give St. Thomas a quick little lead here in the first half of that game. Right after that. Florida Memorial, they're on offense, and to Washington, by the way, a Defensive Player of the Year candidate, plus one of the frontrunners if I do say so myself, easily one of the best DBs in the game right now, goes in and gets her first of three interceptions in this game, and so goes ahead and gives St. Thomas the ball as well. After that, Tyler Bryant goes in and scores on the first play of that following drive here, just a wide open pass down the right, making it a 12-0 Game. Uh, So they didn't get the conversion, you know, after that first touchdown, but they do get it after the second one with Riona Baker going ahead and tiptoeing in the end zone for this one. So making it a quick 13 0 lead just like that. Now, right before the half ended, Deshub Washington would go ahead and grab her second interception of the game, ending another Florida Memorial drive. So uh, 13-0, to very good lead here uh, going into the second half. In the third quarter, not too much going on. Florida Memorial stalling a little bit. Uh, St. Thomas not scoring, not having too many big plays here either as uh, so far most of their touchdowns have came on big plays here or big splash plays. But in the fourth quarter, this is where St. Thomas takes over here. Shumba Washington does grab her third interception of this game. Rihanna Baker will then grab her second touchdown of this game, extending the lead to about 19-0. to After that, uh, they don't allow Florida Memorial to score. They give the ball back to St. Thomas, and St. Thomas would go ahead and drive that nail into the coffin with a Destiny Francois touchdown, making it a 25-0 to game, and That would basically be the end of this game as uh, St. Thomas once again wins the battle for Miami Gardens. 25-0 25 to 0 here. DeShamba Washington. Three interceptions this game. Riona Baker. She had two touchdowns. Uh Destiny Francois also had that big uh, touchdown as well. And so St. Thomas is feeling pretty good here with a very nice 25-0 win. Uh, defense playing very well, you know, getting some nice turnovers here and whatnot. As as they probably should, you know, not even go lie. And then uh, Florida Memorial, you know. I mean, hey, offensively, that's really what it comes down to. Defensively, really not even that bad. I mean, going into the fourth quarter, it was like 13-0, to zero, right? So, I mean, I don't know what else uh, you could ask for, but you do got to eventually score points. That's just what it comes down to. So, anyway, St. Thomas, you know, or sorry, here, let me say one more thing about Florida Memorial. I believe that is actually their last game of the season uh they will not be playing in the sun conference tournament they only take four and so they will probably hopefully be playing in the national tournament which I believe is in uh, Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia this year. So we'll see about that. Uh, St. Thomas, though, you know, they do have one more regular season game against Kaiser this Saturday, April 23rd, at about, well, it says 12 p.m. Eastern time. So there you go there. Then after that, I believe St. Thomas is also in this Sun Conference tournament. We'll talk about that probably next week. Uh, I believe Cody Stoffer will be on the podcast for that. And so, yeah, we'll we'll preview the Sun Conference tournament next week, most likely, uh, since it will be happening next week and not this weekend. But, uh, yeah, there you go. That's St. Thomas versus Florida Memorial. Uh, St. Thomas winning 25 2-0. to zero. All right now the next game that I want to talk about here is Thomas versus Weber International here. Uh, these uh, well actually next two games here uh, that I'm going to talk about are both Thomas games and this will end their regular season and then for Weber here who I'm about to talk about and then Warner uh, who Thomas plays in this next game. This will be their second to last game as Weber and Warner does play later this week on April 23rd. But let's go ahead and set the stage here. Thomas hosting here. You know, Thomas in a very good spot. I mean, obviously the number one team in the country escaped a scare, not gonna lie, (laughs) against Florida Memorial 7-6 here the last week, hitting a little bit of an offensive slump here. but. Undefeated is still undefeated, obviously before that Florida Memorial game, they beat Kaiser in a close one, in a thriller, 19-18, to and then even before that, beat St. Thomas on March 24th, 13-0, to and so Thomas feeling pretty good, as they should, being the lone, or sorry, I don't know if I said undefeated, they're not undefeated. But being easily the lone number one spot here, uh, number one team in the country, as they've proved themselves over and over again uh, beating adversity. And so Thomas feeling pretty good about themselves going into this game. Weber, on the other hand, you know, uh, there were what there was one other team. There was one other team that did beat Ottawa that same week that Thomas did and it was Weber. Weber actually beat them by more 31 to 0 here. Uh and so Weber, you know, they they kind of turned around their fortunes here mid-season capping that week off with a big 31 to 0 dub over Ottawa. They went ahead and kept that momentum going against Florida Memorial, beating them 32 to 0, and then they played St. Thomas and lost to them 25 to 6 on April 7th. And then after that, they played Kaiser on April 14th. Lost them 32-13. to um, Kaiser won 32-13 here. And so, uh, slipping just a little bit here. You know, obviously losing to good teams here in St. Thomas and Kaiser. Uh, two teams who will be in the Sun Conference Tournament here. And so, there, there's nothing to be ashamed of there. But, you know, playing this game against Thomas... Obviously, it's a chance to knock off the number one team in the country... But also, they need to win this game to make the Sun Conference postseason tournament. They need to win this game and then their last game to win it. And so, here is how this thrilling game went down here. Uh, Not gonna lie, kind of a a quiet one to start out here. So, to start this game out, great defense by Thomas. They forced a three and out um, on this drive here for Weber. Janae Scott almost got an interception on this drive. And so, Thomas, they take over on offense. But a high throw by uh, Shelby Hartley on third down is intercepted by Suzanne Kaufman, who just makes an excellent diving interception for this one. And so Weber takes back over an offense just like that. But this Weber offense is just struggling to complete some passes as uh, this Thomas defense, you know, they're playing well. And so a couple of incompletions later, uh, Weber does punt it back to Thomas here. But Thomas, you know, they're in a little bit of an offensive slump here. Only scored seven points against Florida Memorial. Like I said, a good defense, but still only seven points. Going into this game, they're definitely struggling here. And so uh, Hartley, she finds, uh, I think, Wilcox on fourth and five, uh, who goes in and gets the first despite being blitzed and so you know they get they get a little bit of something going right before the first quarter now the second quarter here Hartley aims for uh, Brittany Delva one too many times Um, Aimed for her one time I think the ball was incomplete there the second time though it was intercepted by Weber and so Weber takes over on offense here But on offense, uh, Weber, you know, they're trying to get something going. They're working that short game here. And then Jada Reese for Thomas gets a huge sack on third down for Thomas. That would essentially force a three and out. Uh, They weren't going to go for it on fourth down in their own territory here. And so that was just a great play by Jada Reese just to get to Sam Wilson here and uh, force that turn. Well, basically force a turnover on downs. Basically. And so, this punt is actually pretty short. And so, Thomas actually takes over just a couple yards outside the red zone. Definitely in Weber territory here. After a penalty, Hartley finds Margarita Pena, who, who gets a couple more yards to go ahead and make it a fourth down here. But, Thomas, before they even attempt this fourth down conversion, which is like a fourth and short here. Like fourth and three or something like that. Um, there, go ahead and hit... With a false start, and so this fourth down attempt ends up being a punt, unfortunately. And so you know they they kind of pin a uh, Weber back here just a little bit here. I mean they weren't gonna be able to uh, go for it here. It would have been too. Foreign. So Weber, you know, they're trying to find something going. Sam Wilson, she does find Kayla Burrows for a nice 10 or so yards. This brings up a third and manageable here. But once again, for the second straight drive, Jada Reese comes up with a huge sack on third down, getting her second sack of the day and forcing yet another Weber punt. Thomas here, unfortunately, they go three and out on offense. Um, Specifically, also missing a big play over the middle to Margarita Peña on first down. That would have definitely jump-started this offense. The ball just wasn't a good one. And so, unfortunately, Thomas, they go three and out. And uh, they punt right after the two-minute warning. Weber, though, can't get anything going as they also go three and out. And punts it back to Thomas with 40 seconds left. After that, basically nothing happens, so they go into half 0 So, as you can see, um, great defense by Thomas, I would say. Jada Reese ending two drives uh, almost single-handedly. I say almost because there are other downs that happened, but, you know, she came up big on those downs. Thomas, this offense just struggling. Uh, honestly, just kind of a lot of incompletions and a lot of penalties kind of just hurting them. Weber, on the other hand, uh, it kind of feels like can't get a first down as, uh, you know, this Thomas defense, they're keying in on the short throws, forcing them to throw it short, and then they just come up and make the tackle, so they're not giving them much breathing room. But going into third quarter, Kiana Akol is in at quarterback. She gets to start, and thanks to a couple of rushing yards uh, and, you know, a nice 5-plus yard run by Janae Scott as well, they go ahead and get a first down, get some momentum, just a little bit here. But... After those plays, though, a dropped pitch and just two tough throws, uh, as in incompletions, basically caused Thomas to punt the ball. As like I said, they're just misfiring on offense today. Kind of, kind of, just in a little bit of a. You know, in a little bit of a slump offensively. And so, what? And speaking of offensive slumps, uh, Weber, they're trying to get out of one of their own here. Even though this Thomas defense is playing really well and keeping them in this game. Um, Thomas in this game. But Wilson does find Caleb Burrows over the middle for a nice 10-plus yard reception. Getting a little bit of momentum here and a first down on that play. After that, Wilson finds Burrows on first down for another 5 or so reception. And so here we go, it's 3rd down here, but Jada Reese goes ahead and gets her 3rd sack of the day on 3rd down. This forces yet another punt for Weber, they are, I mean, it just wouldn't have been smart to go for it on 4th. And so Jada Reese ending uh, 3rd drive on 3rd down here. And so uh, there you go, so far in this game all her sacks have been on 3rd down, which is really interesting. Um, they probably planned it that way, to be honest with you. But anyways, on offense, right before the fourth quarter, a call has a nice 10-yard scramble. Uh, also, get some penalty yards after that first play of the drive, and so they they get a couple more yards here, you know. But unfortunately, an illegal contact penalty and a dropped pass um, for Thomas would eventually force them to punt it, as they just cannot get it going here. Now, it's 0-0 going into the fourth quarter. I mean, someone eventually has to score. I mean, like the announcers said, you know, as time goes on, we get closer to somebody scoring uh, because this game is kind of coming to a close here. Now, Weber, you know, they have plenty of opportunities, you know, but this Thomas defense is just playing really well. Um, on the first drive of this fourth quarter, Weber goes three and out thanks to just great flag pulling and good play recognition, too, by this Thomas defense. That's what they're known for, and that's what they're they do and so Thomas here they actually start in Weber territory on offense in a pretty good spot here Hartley finds Margarita Pena for a first down on the first play of the game on a nice little spot route here after that Hartley throws it to Kiara Knight who makes an excellent and I mean just an excellent diving catch for a 10 plus yard reception to go ahead and get Thomas in the red zone for only the second time today here and so here we go uh they're in the red zone they do, They throw two straight a completions. Uh, just both misfires. Not even bad. Like reads. I think they were the right reads. Uh, the ball was just not quite there. And so this brings up a third. Down here, like I said, in the red zone. On third down here, Hartley finds a Cole, who then flips into Giselle Jones, who gets it to about the four-yard line on a nice little play here. They also call a roughing the passer uh, penalty on Weber here on that play, and so that also actually gets them a fresh set of downs. In the red zone, because keep in mind, they're already in the red zone, you know, they have their four downs, they hit third down, that play with uh, Jones and Nicole and Hartley happens, and then this penalty gives them four more downs to work with here, and they're on the four-yard line, and so couple plays later, Keonic uh, Akole punches it in on a short rushing touchdown to break the 0-0 game open, uh, taking the 6-0 lead for Thomas. After that, A. finds Janae Scott on a nice little drag route for the conversion, making it 7-0 with six minutes left in this game. Weber, they have plenty of time here to get something going, but Jada Reese strikes again and gets her fourth sack of the day on second down, making that... Uh, or this third down, third and 20. Jada Reese uh, just being an absolute wrecking ball for this uh, Weber offense here. They, like, every time it feels like they get something going, Jada Reese is there to take away their happiness, it feels. And so that's kind of what they do here. Um, but Weber, you know, they do complete a pass to Burroughs. But Giselle Jones is waiting here. It was a short pass to Burrows, And so Jones pulls her flag. And that makes it fourth and 16 here Weber at this point it's one third down conversion too many and so they kind of have to go for it here on fourth and 16 as time is running out here Wilson uh, would then flip it to Sierra Harris looking for the double pass. But guess who? It's Jada Reese who comes in and shuts down this play immediately. I believe this is her fifth sack of the day. And also um, her ex, I, I, don't, I lost track at this point. I want to say this is her third or fourth drive of the day that she's shut down here. As uh, Thomas goes ahead and takes over on down it's just a very big play by jada reese to go ahead and grab sierra harris's flag before anything crazy could happen here now thomas this is the exact position they love to be in they're in weber territory they're up seven to zero you know they're in control of this game and so two uh kiana uh acol runs and one janae scott run eventually brings up fourth down at around the two minute warning here um weber basically used almost all of their timeouts except for one i believe at this point here and so here we go It's fourth down here obviously they're gonna go for it they're not gonna punt it as you know uh there wouldn't be any need here really but uh, Kiana Echol she does take a shot here I think this one was probably planned though uh, She does take a shot into the Red zone or just short of the red zone I should Say Caleb uh, Burrows Would go ahead and pick this one off Pretty easily here but her flag Is definitely pulled uh, Very close to the goal line Here so it definitely felt a little planned here Instead of punting it you know a lot of things Could happen here um, they decide To just throw it to a defender and make sure that she's Down on inside that Five yard line here and so um Weber here they have the whole field to go but they have the ball you know and they have a timeout I want to say used almost all of them and so they do have a chance to you know go ahead and um potentially tie this one off but on first down Benny Devil almost picks this one off uh, almost a pick six even as well on second down uh Sam Olsen snags a just a tough snap, but kind of a really high snap, almost, you know, almost was bobbled here, and, uh, as you know, you know, if the ball touches the ground, the ball is, uh, or, yeah, the ball is dead there, and in this case, you know, if this snap was dropped, it would've been a safety, but she crowds it, and throws it, deep to to somebody hoping uh her receiver will get open but uh the receiver just doesn't i mean it's it was also kind of triple coverage as well so just good defense by thomas here and then after that third down here they throw it to breeza robinson who goes ahead and actually gets loose splits a couple defenders has one defender to beat here at this point she's gained a good 20 or 30 yards But she pitches it outside here and she gets a little too greedy here as Giselle Jones is here for it. She is in position and she intercepts this lateral and almost returns it for a touchdown here but is downed at the one. Doesn't matter though as Thomas goes ahead and kneels this one down. And just like that they are your Sun Conference regular season season. Champions in their first year as a program uh, after winning this game over Weber International 7-0 in another thriller here. Thomas, man, they fought and fought every single game here this season um there's really no game that they are out of no game that you could really count them out of as they just execute very well on offense when needed and defensively i mean that's kind of their strong suit here they have a lot of trust in their defense they will put the game in their defense's hands and that's a dangerous thing to do you know at that point You're not asking your offense to do too much here. Sometimes a touchdown, just like this week and just like last week, is enough to win it here. And that's wild. A single touchdown is enough to win it. And that's just how good this Thomas defense is. As for the second straight week, they score seven points and they win against a very good Weber team here. Weber, on the other hand, uh, reeling just a little bit. But not that much, though. Uh, I, I mean, well, first off, I got to adjust this. Uh, with this loss, they are out of the Sun Conference postseason tournament here. Uh, you know, they needed to win this one and their next game to make it. And uh, they're just not going to be able to compete in it this year. And so now the focus turns towards Nationals for them. Um, and, you know, this is a Weber team that has talent. We knew that. You know, we knew that to hold Thomas to seven points here, you know, and only lose by a touchdown um, in the fourth quarter. By the way, that's pretty good. Defensively, they played very well. Got to give them their credit there as well offensively, you know, I know they throw that short game and all that, but uh, they just, I mean, they just misfired a couple times too many. You know, had too many third and longs here. Uh, Took too many sacks as well at quarterback, which you just can't do. You have to get that ball out faster. At at least get something. Because, you know, Jada Reese here, she had five sacks in this game. Three of those were on third down. And I want to say she also basically ended three or four drives as she did get two sacks on a drive Uh, just because you know she these sacks would come on third or fourth down and I mean those are basically death sentences to offensive drives here and so they're gonna learn from this one you know for sure here going into this national tournament they shouldn't be counted out. Uh, actually, in fact, any Sun Conference team really shouldn't be counted out. Really, any you know college team shouldn't be counted out because they are you know playing on the college level for a reason. But this Weber team has talent. You know, we saw they beat Ottawa thirty-one to zero. You know, they came within a touchdown of beating Thomas this season. They came within a touchdown of beating Kaiser this season very early on february 26th lost to them 13 to 20 so it's not like this is a weber team that just can't compete because they definitely can so just want to give them their props here probably won't be talking about them until whew, until we preview nationals here in a couple weeks here and so i just want to make sure i get all that out here anyways, Thomas does win this one, 7-0. Like you said, Jader Reese had five sacks. Definitely a playmaker of the week type of candidate. Uh, Janae Scott, a defensive player of the year type of candidate. Uh, One of the front runners here. Had 11 tackles this game. Keanu Akel, 11 rushes, 43 rushing yards. And that touchdown to win it here. Uh, So uh, there you go. You know, Thomas, they go ahead and be your Sun Conference Regular season champions after winning this close game here. Now, uh, they have another game here, and that's against Warner. So, let's go ahead and talk about that. So, this Thomas versus Warner game, that was the second game of this doubleheader here for Thomas. Uh, Warner, I mean... You know, they they would have needed to win this game probably and their next game to go ahead and make the Sun Conference Tournament. But with Weber losing to Thomas here, Warner actually goes ahead and makes uh, the Sun Conference Postseason Tournament under their first year head coach. So congrats to them. But regardless, there is still a game to be played here. Um, Thomas is not. I mean, like they would still be your Sun Conference champs even if they lost to Warner here, I assumed here. Which that situation, that reality almost happened, and so let's go ahead and talk about it. You know, this game was kind of a thriller, a classic one, just like that last uh, game here against Weber. An instant classic, if you want to call it that here. And so to get this game started here, no surprises here, Warner would score the first half, and have the only score of the first half, thanks to Madison Tingen finding Cynthia Holmes on a nice 20-yard touchdown, making it 6-0. to After that, nobody would score here. Uh, This uh, Thomas uh, offense kind of, you know, still in a little bit of a slump. This is kind of the game that they're going to use to go ahead and get out of this offensive slump, as uh, you will see later on here. And then this defense was playing very well against this Warner offense here after that first score on, uh, on that first drive of the game. So let's go ahead and jump into the second half here where the fireworks begin. Thomas would go ahead and get on the board thanks to Shelby Hartley finding Brittany Delva for about 23 yards before Delva pitches it to Giselle Jones, who would make uh, a little run here, would run that last eight yards in for a touchdown. And they would also get the conversion thanks to an ukule bootleg, making it 7-6 with about 10 minutes left in the third quarter. So there you go. After stopping Warner on the next drive, Thomas will then come back on offense and score thanks to a Kiana A. Cole rushing touchdown, making it 13-6, to having a nice little lead here um, going into the fourth quarter. Now, in the fourth quarter here, Tinjin, or sorry, I mean, it's, it's still the third quarter here, so in the third quarter here, Tingin then finds Cynthia Holmes on uh, fourth and goal, for a touchdown here so that's pretty big here for Warner to stay uh, pretty close here uh, keep them in it but A drop conversion by Homs does make it only a 13-12 to lead. Thomas still leading here. Now we're in the fourth quarter here. And Jasmine Pollock for Warner would go ahead and get a nice interception. And, you know, Thomas, you know them. They were probably trying to run out this clock as they do have the lead. Use as much of that clock as possible while potentially scoring another touchdown here. But that all ends when Jasmine Pollock gets a nice interception to go ahead and get Warner uh, started here in the red zone, actually. And this drive would eventually end with Tingin finding Cynthia Holmes on a nice fade route, I want to say, in one-on-one for a touchdown to go ahead and take that 18-13 lead here. Now, Warner, they decide to go for two here. They want to make it a 20-13 lead, and so here's what happens, because uh, it's kind of crazy. I believe there was a unsportsmanlike conduct, so, some type of penalty like that, personal foul penalty that would go ahead and move Warner up here before the first. Uh, Before their first attempt, and then on that first attempt here, you know, I believe it was a hold. Uh, They would go ahead and have a second attempt at this two-point conversion. But this time, instead of trying the two-point conversion from the 10 uh, or so, they're at the three. You know, and so a couple penalties here by Thomas kind of puts them in a little bit of a tough situation here. And, you know... As you could probably assume, if something could go wrong, it will go wrong. And Tinjin goes ahead and finds Homs for this two-point conversion here. Um, making it a 20 to 13 game with about 2 minutes 58 seconds left in this game here and so Thomas you know they're running a little bit short on time here they need a score here first off to tie it up or at least hopefully tie it up if they could get the conversion and then they would need to get another stop to go ahead and uh, potentially win this game and so that's what they have to do to win this game at this point and so here's what happens here Thomas they work down the field do a very good job at doing that by the way and they get into the red zone a defensive holding penalty on the royals fortunately for thomas would give them a couple more downs to work with here in the red zone and so they continue to chip away at this defense and eventually it results in Keanu acol finding janae scott for the touchdown but here's the thing that would be really big because they have to get the conversion here just to tie this up you know um, let's not talk about taking the lead or anything like that first they got to get this conversion to tie this up because if they don't then Warner could bleed out this clock and win this game just like that so they go for one here they don't want to go for the win they go for one for the easier conversion and they do not get it and so it is 20 to 19 with a minute 30 seconds left in this game Thomas basically needs to force a three and out here and so that's what they do just like that they forced a pretty easy three and out here a couple incompletions by madison Tingen here uh if she completed a couple more of these maybe a couple you know a couple more seconds would have obviously went by and then they would have been in a easier situation to go ahead and attempt a third or fourth down conversion but fortunately thomas they forced the three and out get the ball back with about 52 seconds left. And so uh, they don't have to drive the length of the field, by the way, because it was a punt and the guy that around midfield. And so they're in a pretty good situation here, but Warner is still in a position to stop them. One stop ends this game. You know, Thomas, they need to score a whole touchdown to win it, obviously, because uh, field goals aren't a thing in flag football. And so in a very smooth, commanding and collected way, Shelby Hartley, she's in that quarterback. And in this game, she was struggling a bit, not even going to lie. I believe she threw like four interceptions or something like that uh, in this game here. But at this point, on this drive, it does not matter. Those four interceptions can't lose you this game right now because she has a chance to win this one. And so in a very... Tom Brady-esque fashion, if I may say, you know, very collected here. She drives down the field, gets them into the red zone. I think there's about 20-ish seconds left. I think they have two timeouts, so she does a good job of getting them right on the edge of the red zone. That is probably the hardest part of that drive, just getting them close to the red zone in that red zone. And so she does that. You know, they run a couple plays here, uh, a pass plays, that is, and they call their timeouts here, completes a two pass plays in a row, I want to say, uh, to make it a, a little bit more of a manageable, uh, you know, conversion here, because it is fourth down territory here, obviously. And so. Here's how it goes down. I believe it's either third... Uh, actually, it's third down here, um, I want to say here. And Shelby Hartley, calm, cool, collected, finds Keanu Aikul for the touchdown reception to go ahead and give Thomas a commanding 26-20 lead. They don't get the conversion here, and so... Like I said, you know, Thomas, they love putting the game in the hands of their defense. You know, they have about 20-ish, a little bit less than that seconds left in this game here. Warner, you know, they have a chance to potentially score. They just need a touchdown, you know. And we've seen Hail Mary's completed before here. Uh, Hail Mary was actually completed on Warner, in fact. And so this game's not over. And so or Warner, they get the ball. Thomas, they're on defense here. And guess who comes up big for this Thomas defense? Yes, it's Jada Reese with one more sack. In fact, the game-ending sack to go ahead and shut this one down here. As Thomas completes the comeback, scoring two touchdowns in about two in the last two minutes of this game, basically here to win this one. 26 to 20 over warner university and an instant classic an instant thriller here for this um honestly great thomas program that already has such a great history after this one season here with all these thrilling games like i said uh this game honestly probably didn't matter as much outside of you know for thomas breaking out of this offensive slump and then for warner making sure that they have a little bit of momentum going into this sun conference tournament here so warner they're not out of the sun conference tournament uh you know this doesn't affect them and that probably doesn't even really affect their power rankings either but regardless puts up a very good fight against a talented thomas squad with the number one defense in the entire country and so warner if you're warner you have to feel pretty happy about you know the position they are in but also i'm just going to be honest they've had a couple leads in the fourth quarter that have been blown here and so a uh, time management and being a little bit sharper on offense to use a little bit more of that clock would probably go a long way in uh in helping them out you know in the long run here and so there you go warner you know they put put up a great fight here obviously they have a lot of talent We'll see how they look going into the Sun Conference Tournament. Um, well, but before that, they actually play Weber International on Saturday, April 23rd. And so there you go. Um, that game's going to happen. So uh, so yeah, you know. But Thomas, on the other hand, hey, another electrifying dub here. Uh, let me just read out some stats. Shelby Hartley won 23 of 27 for 229 passing yards, two touchdowns, including the game-winning one. Did, though, four interceptions, but like I said, still threw the game-winning touchdown, so you have to be pretty happy about that. Uh, Her only incompletions were those interceptions, so eh, there you go. Uh, Jada Reese, another phenomenal performance here for Thomas. Four sacks, four tackles here. Uh, Janae Scott uh, also led this Thomas defense with nine tackles, three pass breakups as well. Well, as this Thomas squad completes the comeback, beating Warner twenty-six to twenty in an absolute thriller, proving once again why they're, the, why they're the number one team in the country. Um, man, they are rolling right now. At this point, I mean, they've shown that they could win in multiple different ways. They don't necessarily have to be leading going into the fourth quarter to win, you know. But also, if they have the lead going into the fourth quarter, it's dang a lot harder to beat them uh, because they're gonna bleed that clock as much as possible and then just play good defense because they're very well coached have great play rec and you know they're gonna put you in situations that they want to put you in Honestly, even when you're you know getting receptions and yards, you're still probably playing to their defensive game plan, uh, which is insane. So, uh, kudos to Thomas for them uh, winning against Warner here and also beating Weber, too. Two very tough games here, but doesn't matter. They finished out strong. The postseason now runs through Georgia, winning this last game here does allow Thomas to host basically the entire Sun Conference tournament at home for their team. Uh, And then I believe also the Nationals tournament will be in Atlanta, Georgia. I want to say it is. So regardless, you know, Thomas doesn't have to travel outside the state of Georgia again this season. That's got to feel pretty good. You know, that's got to feel pretty good. They'll get to stay at home. You know, use their own training facilities and whatnot. And uh, not have to worry too much there. But, uh, yeah. That was basically Week 10. (laughs) Um, Well, all the games here in Week 10. The episode's not done yet. We still have a couple more things to talk about. uh, Including power rankings. Which is, I'm I'm just going to be honest. This is going to be a very short segment. Nothing really changes here. um, Because... Basically, all the teams that needed to win basically won here. And so, just so you know what the power rankings were. These are last week's power rankings, but they'll be this week's power rankings. Thomas, easily number one, you know. They've faced every challenge presented to them, and they've overcome every challenge presented to them. What other team deserves to be a number one than them? So, until they lose. And at this point, if they lose, I mean, if they lose in the Sun Conference Tournament, they're out. If they lose at Nationals, depending, well, okay, if they lose in, like, tournament play in Nationals, because I'm sure they're going to have some type of pole play, then they're out. So here on out, losing really isn't an option for Thomas, and they won't be number one if they lose. Someone else will obviously be, so that's just how it is. At number two, we have Kaiser, Uh, didn't play this week, will play... Uh, this weekend though I want to say so we'll talk about that later but they're at number 2 number 3 Ottawa like I said didn't play this last uh, week at all but they will play this uh, week, uh, weekend here to defend their KCAC conference title. So we'll see how that goes. St. Thomas here, uh, very good dub against uh, you know a tough Florida Memorial team that has a lot of athletes. I think they deserve to be here. Weber, hey, played Thomas real close, but too many missed opportunities on offense. Um, you know, you lost seven to zero. So there you go. That's why they're at five. At 6, we have Warner. They didn't lose 7-0 to to Thomas, but they definitely had their chances to put this one away after going up by a touchdown. And after stopping Thomas from converting uh, on that extra point there. So, you know, you had a couple opportunities here, but, you know, on the bright side, you're making... Uh, I mean, hey, you're making this Sun Conference tournament here. There's probably an argument for them to be at number five. We'll see here. Weber does play Warner this weekend, so that'll affect our power rankings then. How about that? Um, But regardless, though, Warner, they're in the Sun Conference tournament here, uh, probably as the bottom seed, though. At seven, Kansas Wesleyan didn't play this last week. At eight, St. Mary's didn't play this week. At nine, FMU, uh... Kind of wish they maybe had a little bit of a better showing here against St. Thomas. But, I mean, it wasn't a bad game. The final score looks a lot worse than what it was. Now, going into that uh, fourth quarter, it was a two-score game. So, there you go. Ten, we have Midland. Uh, Good dub against Cotty. You know, started Haley Stanton. So, that's good. Gave Angel Iwani a little bit of a rest there. Uh, So, uh, they're going to, you know, hey, they're going to play Cotty again for like the third straight time. This weekend. Speaking of Connie they're right behind Midland at 11. You know, another tough loss. Not even, like, a close one. Just a blowout. Um, offensively, at quarterback, they kind of need to figure it out. You know, they just haven't really been able to find a quarterback. It's definitely been a little bit of a quarterback carousel there these last couple games. So, there you go. Oh, and then Milligan, they're at 12 here. Uh, they're not going to play any more regular season games. Hopefully, they're at Nationals, though. So, We will see about that. But those are your power rankings. Uh, Nothing really changed here. I mean, even these next... I I would say this week and next week, don't expect a lot of changes. Depending on uh, if Warner could beat Weber, then maybe Warner moves ahead of Weber. But, I mean, that's not necessarily the biggest changes. We're heading into the postseason, though. You know, so there's some things that could go down that, I mean, hey... You know, we'll see, and so let's go ahead and talk about the postseason here as, you know, one of the uh, big NEIA conferences will have that going this weekend. So let's go ahead and preview the KCAC tournament, uh, postseason tournament for this weekend, and so here are the matchups. You know, and I'll also drop times for these matchups as well here, but, uh, and I'm going, these, this is according to, uh, you know, each of these teams' websites, by the way, but Kansas Wesleyan, they'll be playing the University of St. Mary here at, or at 3 p.m., sorry, Central Time, they'll be playing them at 3 p.m. Central Time here on April 23rd, the winner of that game will play the winner of this Ottawa versus Midland slash Cotty game, and so... Okay, here. <laughs> that probably wasn't the best way to explain this, but Millen versus Cody, they're gonna play. Winner of that game plays Ottawa. So there you go. And then in these semifinals here, you'll have Ottawa versus whoever wins that game, and then you have St. Mary's versus whoever wins this Kansas Wesleyan game. Winner of those games, go ahead and play for the conference title here. I believe 5 p.m. Central time is when that conference championship will start. And so looking into the St. Mary versus the Kansas Wesleyan game. I'm going to talk about that one first because that's the interesting one here. Uh, Look, I mean, USM, they definitely gained a little bit of momentum um, before heading into this postseason tournament. They beat Midland in a thrilling fashion 20 to 14 blew out Cotty, 52 to 0 got all their players out there but looking at this Kansas Wesleyan games here i mean they lost to them at the beginning of the season march 18th 34 to 12 they lost to them a couple weeks ago april 1st 27 to 13 only losing by two scores and then they did have a 21 point lead or, or sorry a 20 point lead over them on april 5th going into the second half before Kansas Wesleyan scored 21 straight points and beat them. And so, looking at this matchup, Kansas Wesleyan has beat this team three times. I would probably say, just odds-wise, this isn't factual by any means. Not really. But odds-wise, it's probably harder to beat a team four times than for a team to, you know, beat another squad one time. So we'll see. This will be a close one. Don't get it twisted. You know, this will be a close one. A lot of good offensive players. If you love offense, you're going to love this game, I would say. You know, for Kansas Wesleyan, Brianna Hernandez-Silva, quarterback, senior. This is her last chance at a conference title run. This will be big for her. So we'll see how that goes. She's also probably one of the leading rushers in the entire country. Uh, You also have Angel Roman, uh, YLI, all these great athletes for Kansas Wesleyan. Uh, For the University of St. Mary, same thing. I mean, you know, you have Shine Galbraith there. She has an arm she could scramble So a little bit. Her receivers are great as well. You have Caroline Simpson, the freshman, who's been tearing it up for them. You have Ashlyn Tuss. You have Jerrica Johnson. You, and then potentially, potentially, you have the return of their number one receiver in, Shan, in Shannon Cooley, I want to say here, who has been out for basically the entire season with an injury. Now, is she confirmed to come back? No, I'm not gonna say anything about that because I don't know. You know, I don't think she is confirmed to come back. But you gotta think, you know, she's sat this whole season. She's gotta be close to coming back eventually here. And so, you know, this will be a good matchup here for sure. Whoever wins this one will probably play Ottawa, honestly, in the conference title. On the other side, you have Midland versus Cotty. I I mean I think like I said, I'm probably gonna go ahead and uh side with Midland here. Nothing against Cotty, but I mean it's one thing to beat a team a couple of times, you know, in a season. Another thing to blow that team out, you know, the two times you saw them this season. Uh one time 60 to 0, the other time 32 to 6. So Midland should probably win this game. But if you're Cotty here, honestly, you're looking to play spoiler. You know, you do not have nothing to lose here. This team blew you out the last couple weeks, so there you go. You know, but this is the postseason tournament. It's a bigger deal if Midland loses than if Coddy loses. And don't get it twisted, you know. Coddy, they have some players. They can lock up defensively, you know. Can't they make you pay if they force a turnover? I, I, I don't know, to be honest. But they can lock up, you know. So we'll see how that game goes. And then finally, whoever wins that game plays Ottawa. <sighs> I mean, shoot. Don't get it twisted. It's not a foregone conclusion here. Um, foregone? Foregone? Whatever. Conclusion here. That, you know, Ottawa beats whoever comes out. But Ottawa has beat Cotty College 60-0 to and 55-0. They've also beat Midland 41-12. to and forty-one to zero. One of those times they started their backup quarterback. So um, against Midland. So we'll we'll see. You know, maybe maybe they're just cut off guard. But also they'll be at home too. Gotta keep that in mind. You know, they'll be they'll be at their uh, spot. So I would probably guess that Ottawa beats whoever comes out of this Midland Cody matchup, and then they play either Kansas Wesleyan, who Kansas Wesleyan, talent-wise, is really close to them. I would say scoreboard-wise, it doesn't really show. Uh, They've beat Kansas Wesleyan 39-6, 41-6, and 45-19 here. Kansas Wesleyan had chances in some of these games, but uh, just couldn't find a way to get it done here. And so, you know, they have that edge over them, but on any given day, it could happen. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule out Kansas Wesleyan here if they do make it. And then you have St. Mary's, who I feel like is kind of is really close to that level, maybe a, just slightly a tier below, depending on whether their starting receiver comes back or not. Shannon does come back though, then it's on. You know, it's on. You have four or five receivers that you absolutely need to be great flag pulling, um, or they're gonna burn you. So, there you go. Uh, so, that's probably what I'm seeing here. Either an Ottawa uh, versus Kansas Wesleyan game conference championship or Ottawa versus St. Mary's conference championship. But, we'll see. Anything can happen. It's the postseason. You know, this is where the fun begins. Honestly, this is where the fun begins. So, we will see about that. Now, some other games to look out here for uh, this last week 11. I believe the only games left is Kaiser versus St. Thomas, which will be a good one. And then it's going to be Weber versus Warner. They're going to play. Not that any of these games here at the end matter outside of just getting, you know, playing experience. Um, But uh, yeah actually that's pretty much it that's pretty much it and then after that we have the sun conference tournament not this weekend but the following weekend uh, i believe starting on the 30th of april so there you go that's your week 11 preview here All right, now real quick, let's go ahead and talk Week 10 Playmaker of the Week here. Uh, Like I said, not many games, only four games. And so just going to go down the line here, talk about players in consideration. But uh, Casey Thompson from Midland is in consideration, had 14 tackles, had an interception this game. Also had a touchdown in this game as well, so good for her. Uh, DeShamba Washington from that St. Thomas versus FMU game. Uh, Jesus, three interceptions. This is her second time grabbing three picks, I want to say so you know there you go and then honestly out of both of these thomas games jada reese five sacks in that weber game four sacks (laughs) jesus christ in this warner game uh killing it killing it absolutely here but i think i'm gonna have to go ahead and give it to jada reese here i think it's pretty obvious i mean in this weber game five of these sacks basically these five sacks basically won them the game you know, three or four of these sacks were also uh, drive killers too. So there you go. Same thing kind of goes for this uh, Warner game as well. I mean, she did get the game ending sack. And so for her performances against Weber and Warner, having a combined nine sacks in one day, which is wild, um, Jada Reese from Thomas University, is your Playmaker of the Week. Also, as of right now, speaking of Playmakers of the Week, um, Jesus, Thomas University with multiple Playmakers of the Weeks uh, these last, well, this entire season, basically, here. Um, Janae Scott won it one time, I want to say. Britt Delva, she won it earlier on in the season. So, I mean, hey, if you're winning Playmakers of the Week, you probably have playmakers on your team, and you're probably a team that should be uh, feared just a little bit. Just a little bit, you know. But like I said, any team can lose once these postseason, um, once this postseason hits. So, and if you lose, it's done. So, yeah, there you go. But for now, you know, I believe uh, this is extremely well-deserved and probably the biggest no-brainer here. Jada Reese is your Week 10 Playmaker of the Week from Thomas University. All right now I'm gonna go ahead and skip end of the year award updates. I mean you you heard it if you've been listening to this episode you heard about it had a lot of depoy uh, action here for the most part here. We'll, uh, we'll pick up the end of the year award race updates after this KCAC tournament but for now I actually want to go ahead and uh, kind of switch gears here. So as you all know Obviously, this is the second year of women's flag football on the NAIA level. And, you know, each year, more teams are going to join. This last year, you know, we had Thomas join. And look at where they're at. You know, Sun Conference champions. This next year, we're going to have a lot of teams joining. Fort Lauderdale University, that's one. Reinhardt University is another. Graceland University, um... Oh my gosh! There's one that's called CU. I'm. I want to say it's Cambridge University. And then on top of that, you have JUCOs as well that will be starting their programs and whatnot. Oh, Heston College as well. I, I want to say that's in uh, Kansas. That's a that's a JUCO. You know, uh, actually, I meant Bethel College up in Kansas. That's another four-year uh, university that will be joining. And so you have a lot of new programs joining, and that means. A lot more players to cover, a lot more interesting games to cover, and that's exciting. And so on this episode here, I want to showcase some recruits here, seniors actually, so class of 2022 uh, flag football players. That will be part of an inaugural team. And, you know, that team will be Reinhardt University. So, consider this a little bit of a Reinhardt University uh, spotlight here. Uh, By the way, they're over up in Georgia. And so, I just want to, you know, go ahead and give them a quick shout out to them. But they'll potentially be looking to uh, challenge Thomas for the state of Georgia here. Potentially, we'll see, you know. But here are a couple recruits that... I want to do a film breakdown of Spotlight real quick that I believe will kind of be big for them. And so um, first, that starts with Ashlyn McKinney, quarterback, uh, played for Grayson High School with them. I believe they were just two or three games outside of the state championship uh, when they got eliminated from the playoffs. So a pretty decent run, you know, The she made a pretty decent run with that squad over there. Ashlyn McKinney, for Grayson, was an all-region quarterback, was also a MVP of the year, I assume, for 2022. Also, she's a fantastic student with a 3.9 GPA. Uh, Super smart. Super, super smart. You know, out of Atlanta here. um, Or at least that's what it says on her Twitter. And so, you know, Ashlyn McKinney, she got recruited. She committed to Reinhardt University uh, over there. And she plays quarterback, obviously. And so, I mean, I'm mean, i not going to make any assumptions because I'm sure they're going to bring in other players here to compete for that quarterback spot. But, you know, she may potentially start for this Reinhardt team at quarterback. So, let's go ahead and talk about her game here. Here's some things that I really, really love about her game. Number one, footwork. Um... Just in general. That's that's one word. But, you know, there's a lot of things that go to footwork here. And she just has a very quick and precise footwork here. Uh, when she's scrambling out, she does a good, a good job to set and throw. You know, when she's maneuvering around, it's very precise. Calculated, for sure. She doesn't have, like i guess many inefficient movements when she's trying to evade a defender she's very very clean with it top of that that also adds to her elusiveness as well and so her footwork is just a very 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 nice for the most part here um yeah so there you go another thing i really like about her game is that she does a really solid job throwing against pressure she will stick it out to complete a throw and she's very aware as well it's not like she's oblivious and she's just gonna throw it and she doesn't know that defenders are there like she senses them but you know if needed to make the big play she will go ahead and stick it out and complete a throw here and so on top of just being very good throwing against pressure and she does deliver some pretty good balls from throwing against pressure by the way um solid enough you know i i i I like her awareness a lot as well I think that ties into her ability to throw against pressure. So there you go. Another thing I really like is that she does a very good job maneuvering around and buying time to throw the ball. Uh, She won't roll all the way out or just keep fading backwards, losing a lot of ground. You know, she'll she'll sidestep. You know, she'll sidestep. She'll um, back up, move up in the pocket. Like, she's very, very efficient. You know, she'll buy herself an extra half a second to get the ball out and then get the ball out. And so she just does a very nice job maneuvering around and buying time. Very composed. You know, that's definitely something that could be a little hard to teach some quarterbacks if they haven't figured it out by now. But, you know, there's a lot of good potential there with her ability to just, you know, buy time and create, be a playmaker, right? And then last but not least, I think she's a good overall athlete. She has an arm that could definitely stretch some defense. And you know, it makes you respect her as a thrower. You know, she's not somebody that you know has a noodle arm or anything like that. Like she could, she could air it out for sure so she definitely has an arm and then just watching her as well she is definitely mobile enough to take off or roll out on some throws uh didn't really do it a lot like really worked as a you know like i said a pocket passer a lot of the time but if you wanted to roll her out and throw the ball or even you know use her to run with the ball she could get you a couple yards because she's just a really good athlete there and so that's what i like about her game Now, some airs of improvements. Uh, Look, I think. When it comes to throwing, her timing needs a lot of work. Uh, She's only played two years of football, though. At least that's what I was able to research here. And it definitely shows at times. And so that could definitely be a chemistry type of deal. Because you also got to keep in mind, those two years of football, one of those years was a COVID year and whatnot. Um, And then, I mean, I guess it still would be a COVID year going into her senior year as well. But still, though timing definitely needs a little bit more work if she plays in the Sun Conference I don't know if Reinhardt will be in the Sun Conference or not uh I'll check that out but I'm sure they're gonna be playing teams from the Sun Conference if your timing's off DBs are preying on that and that's uh, more or less an interception to be honest with you and so timing just needs some work but that's nothing she can't you know accomplish with her teammates that's just going out working out putting in that time to get to know your receivers know what they like and stuff like that so that your timing and chemistry with with them will be on point so there you go um another thing i would like to see her do is just a little bit of a wider variety of routes or work on throwing a wider variety of routes a lot of the plays i did watch in her film you know we're we're just deep, you know, there are deep routes or uh, easier uh, routes towards the sideline, like hitch routes or stuff like that, you know, for her to truly be an elite passer, I think these are the routes that she has to master, and I tell every quarterback this, by the way, that I work with or that I evaluate, if you want to be an elite thrower, you have to be able to complete these throws pretty much 100% of the time, unless the defense is just like amazing and most of these routes usually are timing routes as well and so i want to see her be able to complete uh some of these middle and short routes like money so slants outs ins, and post corners are those i want to see her make on a consistent basis i think that's a good start i know she could throw deep you know and all that that's great but when it comes down to the short game which you know in flag football that's kind of the efficient thing playing that short game she has to be good with her timing there. And then these, po- I said post corner and in routes just because, I mean, those are more or less medium to deep type of routes that require a little bit more touch and uh, timing, timing for sure. And so if she could uh, really master that, then, I mean, she could be unstoppable because, like I said, she's a real good athlete. And if she becomes an elite passer, she's going to complete these passes and uh, or be able to complete these passes at least. Another thing I'd like to see her work on um, is kind of her mechanics when throwing. Like I said, I, I don't know how many years she's been playing, but there are, you know, some players who have been playing since uh, middle school or even younger than that. You know, and so that's probably why her mechanics aren't quite there yet. I For the most part, I like her footwork. I like her base, but there are definitely times where I'm like, uh, you need to rifle that throw. You need to just throw a missile. Honestly, just throw a missile on uh, this throw here and throw it into uh, tight coverage because there are some times where I feel like the ball kind of floats a little bit when it shouldn't be. And so I-, I think as she gets stronger and works on her mechanics, you know, that'll continue to improve for sure. So I'm not like super worried about it. I'm sure she can figure it out, but, you know, it's just really using that torque. You know, really uh, using um, that lower body, planting, and then using those abs to really propel that ball forward here. Because I think there are times where she absolutely rifles it in to tough spots. Uh, A play that comes to mind is when she's aiming towards the sideline, and she just rips a ball, and it it looks beautiful. You know, and it hits her receiver right in her hands, you know, on the sideline, and it's a great throw and catch. You know, so she has the ability to do it. I think I just want to see it a little bit more consistent, You know, I want to see that on a little bit more consistent basis here. Just seeing her just rip some of these passes into some tight spots here. Because I think it's a little bit looser. And then even when throwing deep as well, there are a couple passes where I feel like, hey... You know, you kind of just got to trust your receiver and just rip this one. You know, don't float it as much, you know, just just put it on a line. And so, I'd like to see her uh, just continue to work on her mechanics and get stronger. And I think she will. I'm not, like, as concerned about this. That's why I'm talking about it last. And then lastly, I mean, this is just a concern. But she has had about two years of flag football experience and i'm not just talking varsity experience but just experience at least i believe she has you know um flag football in georgia hasn't been around that long i think it's been around three years at most and so she will be facing players who have been playing this game since i mean since they're in elementary or middle school just to be honest with you some of these florida girls you know they've been playing for over a decade now and so As a leader, and as a founding member of this team, she's going to have to put in work in the film room. I think that really goes without saying, but I just want to throw that out there. Like, it's going to, you know, it's going to come down to her kind of playing a little bit of catch up here and just being a smart quarterback, you know. Um, And being a smart quarterback means learning offenses, obviously your own and others, and then learning defenses as well, learning what they want you to do. You know, looking at teams like Thomas, university and their like vaunted defense and just how well they play you know see what they do well and breaking down that defense because that's a tough one honestly and so i think if i was her i would just really really emphasize you know just putting in that work in the film room and also you know encouraging your teammates to do that as well think that'll be big as uh, I think she will be well she definitely probably will be a leader of this team not just because she plays quarterback but you know she seems like a very smart person a great leader and all that great stuff Um, on top of just being a great athlete you know for somebody who has been playing this game for not as long as some other players around the country you know there's a lot of potential here I think she's just scratching her potential here her best football is ahead of her For sure, he definitely has the ability to exponentially grow each year and she's already in a pretty good spot here, you know. Footworks there, um, she could throw deep, you know, for the most part. Now timing may be a little bit off, but that's not hard. Just throw it a half second earlier, you know, and then you're good. Uh she could run a bit, she maneuvers around really well, you know. She has I mean started for a team before, so it's not like she's a backup with you know great athletic ability and maybe not has had you know the most amount of time, and so she has experience. For sure. And she has a good skill set. I think uh, for her, it's just going to be a matter of developing. And she will get that opportunity over her next four years over at Reinhardt. So, uh, so yeah. There you go. But that is Ashlyn McKinney. Quarterback. You know, like I said, committed to Reinhardt. Will be graduating here in the class of 2022. So, she'll be part of that inaugural 2023 team. All right, now let's talk about our teammate, uh, another player committed to Reinhardt in Joelle Jarrett here. He is from Westlake High School up in Georgia, um, like I said, committed to Reinhardt University as well. And, uh, oh my God, what a player, you know. Like you said, Georgia f- women's flag football hasn't been around super long it's been around for two or three years, and so you just got to keep in mind that's that's kind of her experience there. At least playing flag football, at least playing flag football. Um, she is also a soccer player, and so there are definitely some things here that, yeah, you know, they, they show. You know, some things that translate really well, but let me go ahead and, uh... Ooh, let me talk about her strengths here, actually, because there's a lot to talk about. Number one, her ball skills are elite. I... Jeez. I looked at her scene in your film, which isn't even that long. It's like maybe two or three minutes long, you know? And that's why these uh, film breakdowns aren't as, you know, detailed as they probably could be. But in her film, she is easily probably one of the best pass catchers I've ever seen. And she plays on defense. She's a DB. So I I really didn't even see that much offensive film. I think I maybe saw one route, you know? And so I'm watching her like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like catch these balls on defense and on this last season on her senior year she did have 10 interceptions which was i want to say top five in georgia which is pretty good you know but just watching her play and you know seeing uh her go up for these interceptions uh her ball skills are elite you know just look at her senior film she just possesses an insane ability to catch the ball from multiple angles, there are multiple times she picks off uh, balls uh, because they're they're low, like passes. They're either low passes or there are passes that were tipped, and she finds a way to just make excellent catches with her hands, and then cradling that thing on the way down so that she has possession, you know? On top of that, she's gonna go ahead and moss somebody, too. There are a couple plays where she plays big and physical, which you like to see out of your DBs, and then one-on-one, when she goes up for it, I mean, she just mosses players. She has a very, very strong hands here, you know? Just very good hands, honestly. She's somebody that I would probably very much considered putting on offense as well playing her both ways because she is that talented i have not seen many players in the entire country with hands like hers I think if you want to give her a comparison, and actually, you know what? I'm going to give her a comparison anyways. She's a lot like Caroline Simpson from the University of St. Mary's. And maybe even a, a little bit better. And Caroline, you know, she did play football in Texas and all that stuff. I'm not disrespecting her. You know, she's a homie of the podcast. But golly, there are just some catches that Joelle makes that I haven't seen Caroline make yet. But they're very similar, though, and also similar in size as well. Joelle's listed at about 5'2". Caroline is in that... Uh, range as well height wise and so for kind of a smaller player to make these big catches in place that that's pretty elite that stands out you know and so there you go i mean just elite ball skills can't praise that enough on top of that she's also an elite athlete fantastic agility and speed. Her agility allows her to cut on the dime and just be a hard player to shake in general. You know, if you're putting a receiver on her. I mean, I'm, I'm watching her return some of these uh, receptions. And then also, she's a punt returner as well. And, like, she could freeze a couple players and drop a couple players just because of how quick she is. You know, just fantastic agility and acceleration as well. Uh, because her top end speed is pretty special. You know, when she gets out into space, like, she she's a, just a very 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 explosive athlete you know somebody that you love to put at DB or safety and they'll just go make a play you know you can match them up one-on-one with a lot of receivers and they'll go step for step with them plus more and that's I mean <laughs> that's 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 a gold mine. you know whenever you find an athlete that's just elite like that you know you don't find that every day you know and for that type of athlete to be coming to Reinhardt that is absolutely big time You know, she's somebody that, like I said, you have to put her on offense as well. Um, I don't know what Reinhardt's numbers are going to look like. I'm just going to be honest. But Joelle Jarrett's just somebody that is too athletic. And too skilled to not put on offense and just see what happens. You know, so there you go. Speaking of seeing what happens, her versatility will definitely be a bright spot for this Reinhardt program. She played corner, saw some film at safety. Like I said, she was a returner as well. Um, and then I'm um, honestly her playing multiple spots, especially as a DB, just makes her an absolute weapon on defense. You can move her around and just be like, yo blanket this player or blanket this zone or shut this down shut that down and you know because of her athleticism she'll be able to at least be there to make a play because of her ball skills she's gonna be able to make a lot of those plays into turnovers for you and so I mean that's that just adds to it and then last but not least very good flag pulling I have to say that very good flag pulling breaks down very well you know, uh, she's a really good athlete, so she's not going to be shook too much, but just the discipline to break down and flagpole is, is very, very high level. You know, she would start for a lot of teams. I'm just going to be honest. She would start for a lot of teams, uh, you know, in the Sun Conference and even in the KCAC as well, uh, either offensively or defensively. Well, defensively because of her flag pulling. But probably offensively because of her skill set and her athleticism now errors of improvement i'm gonna be honest i really don't have that much defensively i watch her backpedal i watch her in coverage and she looks she looks seasoned like, she looks like a seasoned vet out there. She looks like somebody who knows what she's doing. She's not lost, especially, I mean, one on one. You really can't be lost, but there are some corners that are maybe a little over aggressive. They get burned on double moves, stuff like that. Uh, Joelle Jarrett, she is just very disciplined there. And so she's a very sound cover player, you know. Uh, so I don't really have too much to talk about her defensively, really. Uh, I would just say, you know, she doesn't have a lot of experience. Like I said, played two years uh, over here in Georgia, over here at uh, Westlake. And so maybe she hasn't seen the widest variety of offensive schemes. That's probably the thing I'm worried about the most. You know, she hasn't seen a Kaiser level offense, right? Um, an Ottawa level offense, even an offense or like Weber that you utilizes two quarterbacks. And so, you know, you can't. I mean, you can't just cover your player for three or four seconds. It could be a little bit longer than that, you know. And so I think for her, just just like I said, for Ashlyn McKinney, doing film work will be extremely, extremely important. You know, her athleticism and skills will let her get away with kind of a bit. I'm not even going to lie. You know, she could even make some mental mistakes and still get away f- with it because of her athleticism and skill. That's how confident I am in her abilities but if she wants to be a truly elite player on the college level and, you know, contribute to this Reinhardt team uh, to the best of her abilities, film work is going to take her to that next level. Now, the other, I guess, concern or area of improvement is that I just really couldn't find a lot of offensive film. And the one offensive film I could find was from her junior year. Um, I believe it was that it had to have been. At that Atlanta showcase, uh, because I believe she was at the Falcon Stadium there. Uh, they had a little showcase or combine uh, right before, either right before or after uh, the national tournament there. But, you know, there was some film of her at receiver. Looked pretty solid. Uh, look, I, I, if I was her, I'd be working out at a receiver right now. Working on route running, working on releases, I think that's a really big part. Working on uh, making catches through traffic uh, in multiple situations, I think that'll be big for her. Uh, And then also working on um, making catches through, uh, you know, physical coverage as well. That's something that, I mean, I made that Caroline Simpson... Uh, comp, Caroline Simpson comparison early on. I think that's something that Caroline works on. I mean, she uh, obviously she played, like, tackle football in Texas, played for Denton Geyer for a couple years there. And so she's used to, you know, working through contact and stuff like that. And she still does it. You know, like, in her offseason work, she's gonna have you know players press up on her and then she'll try to make catches through contact that's what makes her special for joelle jarrett to be um just like that and even more on offense she's gonna have to make a lot of catches through contact even if she is getting great separation you know uh, it's never a bad thing to do that because you never know and so uh we'll just have to see maybe hey go go hit up ashlyn mckinney and go run routes for her and uh get that connection going early on if you already haven't yet And so, um, there you go. But Joelle Jarrett, I think she's an absolute fine for Reinhardt here. She did have a couple other offers. um, You know, nothing too crazy here. Uh, Was offered by Bryant and and Stratton College. That's a two-year college, I want to say, here as well. And then was also, outside of Reinhardt, was offered by St. Thomas University. You know, St. Thomas obviously having a million great athletes. Adding Joelle Jarrett. I mean, she would have been there. Maybe she would have get some playing time, but she probably wouldn't have gotten as much playing time as she probably deserved as they just have a lot of athletes over there, um, who could do a lot of the same things she does, but have also played longer and are also a little bit taller as well. And so going to Reinhardt, she will be the athlete for the squad. And so she's an absolute fine. I think she'll help out this team a lot here. And I mean, she'll, she's just going to be a player that you got to look out for come 2023. You know, this next season, she's an excellent athlete. Excellent player for Reinhardt University um, who's looking to have a good first year. You know, uh, as as any first year program could uh, hope for, maybe as good a first year as uh, Thomas University. We will see about that, though. But that will wrap up that breakdown. And that will actually wrap up this episode of the Playmakers Corner. Episode 150, Week 10 Recap. Um, look, I mean... This is the future here uh, of uh, football. You know, women's flag football. This is the future here. Postseason is coming up soon here. Next week, we will... Myself and Cody, actually, will both um, be on the episode and react to the results of the KCAC tournament. And, well, okay, actually, before I go into that, let me me just put out a quick announcement. Um, Next week all women's flag football content usually you know we cover some uh colorado players do some film breakdowns on monday tuesday have a twit or sorry monday wednesday have a twitch stream on um tuesday as well but next week we're looking at all women's flag football content Monday, we are going to release a Savannah Cox and Deja Fanning interview. Both the players, uh, Deja plays for Leonard High School. Um, Savannah used to play for Leonard, but she will actually be committing to, well, she's already committed to Midland to play for their flag football team. So that'll be exciting uh, hearing what they have to say about their experiences and all that great stuff. And so that interview will come out Monday. Wednesday, we will have our KCAC Um, women's flag football tournament reaction. So me and Cody will react to that. Talk a little bit about, you know, some of the final Sun Conference regular season games. And then we're going to go ahead and preview the Sun Conference tournament on that Wednesday episode as well and so Wednesday will be a big one and then on Friday myself and Cody we are going to select a number of women's flag football players to do a film breakdown on and we'll do it and so if you have any suggestions of some players you want us to do a breakdown of and it doesn't matter what level it could be high school college uh, we we wouldn't mind doing college you know breaking down their game as well let us know DM us and um, I mean if you want to DM us on social media which if you're going to do that you might as well go ahead and follow us that's at playmakers corner on facebook instagram twitter tiktok as well you know but on tiktok just know we can't dm you back so <laughs> there you go but if you have any of those suggestions go ahead and dm us on social media uh, show us some love there give us a follow and then as well you know go ahead and follow us on uh, our twitch and on youtube our end of the year awards will be on a twitch live stream and then that live stream will be posted on our youtube channel at playmakers corners so go ahead and follow us there but uh yeah next week will be super fun all women's flag football week um ahead of uh you know this sound conference tournament and then the nationals tournament after that so uh yeah but thank you so much for rocking with us and we will catch you later